Well, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the podcast. Pastor Joseph, glad to be with you here on this next episode of the Advent Podcast, looking at what makes Christmas Christmas. Uh, delighted to have Pastor Chad Hyatt from Mercy Community Church. Glad to have you with us. Hey, glad to be here. And our very own Virginia Sal on our church staff and doing lots of missions and service things. Glad to have you with us as well. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, looking at mutuality in mission and service. One of the historical things about Advent and about Christmas, uh, in all of our Christmas stories, uh, Bob Cratchit, uh, all these different things, there's always some sort of need or opportunity to see people in a different way. Uh, the ghosts that visit in that story uh, help remind people about what's important. It's not necessarily money. It's about doing right, uh, being good to one another. Uh, and reminding us of what the point of Christmas is. Uh, during the season, there's so much happening uh, in the life of people and the things you need to go out and get and buy and do. It's a certain level of stress and anxiety. Um, one of the things in our conversation today I hope we'll get to is is talking about how there's a lot more to Christmas than that. I think we all know that cognitively, but then we show up uh, in the holiday season and all the frenetic, all that, and family things and the expectation levels. And so sometimes it's helpful to have something to draw us back into reminding us what Christmas and Advent is about. And so I'm delighted to have this conversation with you all about sort of mutuality uh, in mission and service. A big part of our work here at the church is mission work. Uh, We see that it not simply as like a thing you do on the weekends, but a part of how you want to live your lives. And so one of our mission partners is is Mercy Church, Mercy Community Church. Uh, And so Pastor Chad's going to help us understand a little bit about people's experience there, uh, some of the folks who run your church and help make it happen. And then also, Virginia, talk about how we partner well with you all in doing a mobile soup uh, pantry, mobile soup kitchen, mobile soup. We just call it mobile soup, right? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we'll get in the conversation. But before we get into that part, I do want to do a little bit of like, who are these folks? This is what we do on every Advent uh every podcast episode. Uh, So yeah, which one of you would like to go first on the thumbnail sketch of who are you? Everybody knows me. You start. (laughs) Okay. okay. Um, Me, uh, my name's Chad, and um, I'm a pastor at Mercy Church. I have lots of loves and interests in terms of music and reading. Um, But my real passion is, is church, and my real passion related to church is justice. Because I feel like that's kind of like why we're here. Um, and yeah, that's me. Awesome. And is there uh, some of how you wound up in this role in pastoring? I mean, I know you went to school for these things. Uh, you uh, went to Emory, uh, as I did, and we met when I was working there. Um, but say a little bit about sort of family or other things you want to share about how you ended up sort of at Mercy specifically. Well, at Mercy specifically, um, started um, and started it because. I uh, was at another church, uh, really kind of a big mega church here in the city, and I was associate pastor and worked in education, worked in a lot of different areas. Um, and we were looking for a mission trip for our folks who were in the school, and we didn't want to do something that was just kind of like, let's go and, and just talk about the gospel. It was more, we wanted to really experience how others were embodying the gospel, uh, our church was connected to the missionaries of the poor, which I always kind of describe as like Mother Teresa, except guys. Uh, it was, it was in, in based, based in Jamaica. And um, it was a really a life-changing experience. And that was a time at which my wife and I were really praying about what God was calling us to do specifically. There were some things happening, transitions in that local church. And we're like, you know, what? what is God calling us to do? 
And smack in the middle of that is when we had this experience, or I had this experience in Jamaica, very Matthew 25, very much, you know, Jesus says, hey, if you've done it to those that the world calls least, then you're doing it to me if you're sharing your food, if you're welcoming the stranger, if you're visiting the sick. I realized that's what I needed to be doing, right? Like, I, I felt like I was sitting behind a desk. Uh, there's a place for desks. You know, we're sitting behind a desk even now. Uh, there's a place for that, but that stirred who I felt called to be, like, from when I was a kid. Like, my heroes were folks like Jimmy Carter. My heroes were folks like Mother Teresa and St. Francis, but also like Martin Luther King Jr., Bobby Kennedy. Like, I, I, I grew up wanting to change the world. Uh, and felt called into pastoral ministry, um, and then felt myself doing a lot of great things, but so often stuck in an office behind a desk. And in Jamaica, um, you're literally caring for the bodies of those who are suffering uh, and and trying to give some peace and comfort. And I thought, this is what I'm called to do. And so, long story short, my wife and I decided to to start mercy and we started in the living room we sold our home moved moved downtown next to the open door community which is a great community yeah. really kind of showed us how to do a lot of the things because jamaica and atlanta are different you know and the, the ways that poverty affects people it's very very different and so um when the time was right we said hey we're going to start in our living room and that's that's what we did and 18 years later we're we're still here not in our living room but still yeah. doing the work that's awesome. And uh, Open Door Community was, uh, when I was in Emory and working with college students, that was a huge part of the work of the, the Methodist Campus Ministry was trying to partner and do well. Uh, but an amazing legacy of ministry. And it's it's wonderful that you all sort of learned and picked up things and sort of keep carrying on the work there in the Ponce Highlands area. When I've been down there, uh, when I went with you all, I saw some of the same folks that I knew. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, and, but for sure. interestingly, for they sure. were help. They were on your leadership teams, absolutely, and helping yeah. serve. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, so when you think about like that, the long term relationships that you all have in your church and community there, uh, everyone knows everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's really interconnected in those beautiful kinds of ways. Absolutely, uh, it's helpful. It's all yeah. about relationship. Well, that's great to hear, Pastor Chad. Uh, thanks for sharing that part of your story and how you got involved in starting Mercy Community Church. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, well, Virginia, it's your turn to tell us a little bit about who you are and sort of what you do here at the church, but also how you got connected with Mercy. I've uh, been working at the church about 23 years. And uh, when I first came here, I heard about the mobile soup kitchen and I thought, what a cool uh what a cool ministry. It used to be a bunch of people made sandwiches on Tuesdays and put them in a van and drove down to 4th and Juniper and and served. When the area became more gentrified, they asked us not to come anymore. So we, we hooked up with uh, Redeemer Lutheran and served there for 10 years, coming once a week and helping with serving people right in their building in the basement. Nice. And then when that time came... To end, uh, we heard about Pastor Chad, and I remember Madge Watson and Lewis Miller saying, well, um, he actually goes out on the street with carts and feeds people who live on the street. Would would that be okay? And we said, sure, that sounds great. So we started doing that on Fridays, and Mercy had to stop being open Fridays, and Pastor Chad said, you all have done this long enough, would you be willing to just take Friday by yourselves? Mm-hmm. And we said, sure. So, mm-hmm. we have a very, very faithful group of, of people who come in and make 
our sandwiches and pack our bags for delivery. And then uh, several of us go down on Fridays in the in the church van, mm-hmm. which is nice because the the folks will say, "Oh, there's Oak Grove, there's Oak Grove. We know you're coming. We always yeah. know you're coming." So it's uh, they look for us. They know that that we'll be there with food, but also with um, just a chance to kind of chat mm-hmm. and catch mm-hmm. up and talk and uh, and see what their needs are. And sometimes uh, their needs are pretty simple. And we'll come back and uh, say, oh, John needs a backpack or sure. somebody would like to have a tent. Um, and we put it out there and miraculously it appears. Somebody yeah. always yeah. donates it. Yeah. Whether they're a church member or just someone associated with our community, they're aware of this ministry and it's just kind of cool to me that lots of people are involved in it. Yeah. And when I got here on the church staff six and a half years ago and met you and got to work with you and helping do all the communications things you do and the bulletins and all the slides. And in case you don't know, that's how all this happens <laughs> is Virginia does all this with her amazingly talented hands and computer skills and graphic design and uh, in helping us communicate things well. A part of our job in pastoral ministry is communicating things. That's how this podcast got started, was folks wanting additional ways to get to know people and to get to know how we work in our communities as a church, how we live out a call to love God and our neighbors. So the the mobile soup group uh, on Thursdays, we have a group that comes in and makes sandwiches. Uh, So Warren and a whole host of teams of people uh, who rotate in and out of that group and y'all are so faithful and awesome. So shout out to our Thursday folks making sandwiches. Absolutely. Thank you. And also to our Friday team who comes in and gets things out and heads down in the bus. Uh, it is sort of, uh, I've, I've been a couple of times and been there to see it and take some pictures and video. And it's it's remarkable because when I was there and watching you all interact with folks, uh, you all know them, they know you, they're asking you about your life, you're asking about their life uh, and that mutuality uh, a big part of this podcast conversation, and we're hoping to help you all be invited to, is thinking about how when we work with folks who are different than us, folks experiencing poverty or homelessness, uh, what do we have in common? How is there mutualism in how we do things? Uh, a big sort of part of school of thought in asset-based community development, ABCD, is that the gifts that are already needed or uh, a big part of making that community uh, thrive already exist in the community. And so it's not that an outside force needs to come in and bring something like expertise or even finances or money necessarily, but to come alongside and partner well with folks who are already there living the day to day and know that. And so Mercy provides our church that opportunity uh, and you all do it so well. And that's a a great gift to our church and our community as well. Yeah. And if I can just kind of jump in back into the story a little bit, because I think it, it helps to illustrate this is. The, the mutuality is in the partnership. Absolutely. Right? And so um, it was our, because you already had an established ministry, and but didn't have a place to be because of changes. Right. And so I think it's, you know, it's a really important aspect of ministry is to create space for others and their ministry. Right. That's, that's the mutuality of the partnership, right? You're yes. doing something good. Well, how the heck can we help you do it? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's, to me, that's a no brainer. And then the, the transition came uh, to Fridays when the open door um, right. closed the doors, right? And so one of the things that we had traditionally had in our neighborhood was there was at least a meal every day. Yeah. And so part of our thinking was, well, how can we shift, you know, and try to like not take on extra days that we couldn't handle, but how can we shift our resources and our personnel and our community 
Um, and knowing that you guys could, hey, you could come out on a Friday when we're not there, and mm-hmm. you can handle it. Like, we don't need to be there for you to be we, there, right? We we interned with Mercy long enough to figure <laughs> exactly, out how to exactly. do it. Because that's relationship, yeah. right? We we know each other. We figure out how to do things together. We make space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we respond to needs as they arise because sure. needs are going to happen in ways that aren't calculated. So You never know. I mean, yeah. one week we were there and a gentleman pulled up his shirt and told us he needed a new colostomy bag. And yeah. so um, we went yeah. got him some. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, it's uh, not your typical ask. No, it isn't. But it's a real need. It's a yeah. real need. Well, and y'all do such a wonderful job at Mercy and, and Virginia and your team working with folks to understand what the needs are. And also, again, the opportunities, the things that they're gifted with that allow us to, uh, again, participate in that love of Christ that we see literally happening. Um, when I showed up to riding in your car that time to help uh, sort of get things started with the van coming behind us, uh, we rolled up and there were already folks waiting there. Uh, and like, oh, I got that. Like, and mm-hmm. go ahead and unload all yeah. things. And then yeah. they're the folks who are making sure everybody knows where to be. And they're the ones with the knowledge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and with the innate knowledge, oh, so and so's not, let me, and they grab a couple of sandwiches, know where that person is, go find them. And that relationship and caring that I just saw just the one, you know, the one time I'm down there filming and trying to, to make a little short film about it. Um, the remarkable part is uh, the care you all have for one another. And how important that is, uh, but also just it's it's a real and tangible way people experience God's love. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And it's and it goes back to the point you were making earlier that lunch counters, any kind of counter can divide, right? We think back right. to the civil rights movement, yeah. you know, and we think back to the sit-ins, and we think back to the integration of the counters, and all those kinds of things. And and I think in ministry, often that we call mission, which I think church is mission, like if. Yeah. <laughs> the church isn't isn't missional then is it is it church yeah, it you started know, like, as a movement and it should still be it should movement. still be a movement right yeah. exactly and so the church is a movement the civil rights movement is a movement counters divide us like who's on this mm-hmm. side and who's on that side right yeah. you know who's serving who's being served and when you can obliterate that when you can say hey it doesn't matter who's on which side when i'm able to share the meal that we're all sharing together and not just providing it uh, when I'm able to serve uh, whoever is serving, then all of that creates a kind of community where there's there's ownership. We cannot do the work we do unless it's a community. It takes mm-hmm. all of us working together, whether it's partners at other churches or it's within our own community and the ways in which people jump in and help out each and every day. Like, that's how we get things done. That's how mission happens. That's how the movement keeps moving. Yeah, we love that. During the uh, when the pandemic started and the lockdown happened. Uh, Mercy Church was suddenly flooded with three, four, five times as many people yeah. coming, and yeah. uh, I was feeling very useless, and uh, Pastor Holly actually asked if I would come down and, and volunteer once a week, and did, and yeah. really, really enjoyed yeah. um, the fact that, you know, yeah, everybody, we're, we're all susceptible to COVID, but these people still need to eat, Absolutely. and... Uh, everybody still needs to have physical contact with each other, yeah. even if it's from a distance yeah. with a mask on. So we're really, really grateful because again, it's that it's that relationship that happens that's so that's so vital. But yeah, the pandemic was a significant challenge for us because um, you can't just go online. You can't close mm-hmm. when folks are depending upon food and and also just pastoral care. How do you mm-hmm. how do you abandon yes. folks in the midst of a crisis? So. You know, so you've got, okay, how how can we keep folks safe? Because the public safety risk is real. 
Um, but also hunger is a public safety issue as well. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, sheltering in place when you don't have shelter. So right. shelter is a, is a public health and a public safety issue. And so, um, and so, yeah, we just made the commitment to figure it out and it was exhausting, but I think we were faithful and, yeah. it, and it's, and it's because of partnerships. Um, yeah. I, you know, I remember Madge and others helping to provide soups and, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, Chick-fil-A, can you provide some chicken soup? Because we were, we were serving more people yeah. than ever before because a lot of places made the decision to close down yeah. or to not serve in person. And also we during there. the times when it was so cold, um, shelters were not free shelters weren't open because of of the pandemic and so pastor chad said we need sleeping bags but not any sleeping bags we need waterproof zero degree sleeping bags to keep people alive and uh oak grove did a sleeping bag drive other churches did too and uh i remember hearing herman talk about waking up in his sleeping bag and there was snow on him so and he goes, I, I was still warm, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that was uh, a was wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all the things we do at Oak Grove, uh, any of our mission projects that involve like coat drives and warm up Sunday, uh, you all participate Absolutely. and receive mm-hmm. from that. Uh, it also gives all of us the opportunity to participate in that, right. helping keep yeah. people warm. Uh, I remember when that call went out for the zero degree waterproof bags, and it was like, okay, let's go, Be- because people were looking for ways to connect with other humans. And to know they're actually helping something for someone. Uh, one of the largest things that I think all of us saw in the pandemic uh, and during lockdowns as well was the sense of isolation that people experience. Uh, for folks who are out on the streets and experiencing homelessness, one of the biggest things is, is not feeling seen or heard or touched. Yeah. And so you think about this sense of isolation. Uh, if you are someone who has, is, is single and lives alone, perhaps, uh, older adults also experience this sense of of not connectedness and no belonging. And so a big part of church in general, I joke that uh, you're welcomed at three places, Walmart, Moe's and hopefully church. (laughs) Welcome to Moe's, welcome to Walmart. But, but it is like it it, in the olden days of going to a store, you were welcomed. How can I help you? It's just not, that's not how things are now. But when you come to church, uh, you ought to be known and welcomed. Our youth group theme is known and loved because we want people to be known and loved Uh, and, and your community exemplifies that in so many ways thanks yeah thank you it re- really does and it's uh it's funny to think about volunteering and helping mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i realize that i am helped mm-hmm. way more mm-hmm. uh, than than i give you yeah. know so it's it's always a a wonderful experience and it's 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 so nice to get down there and i know their names they know my name exactly um exactly it's just a because it's, it's wonderful yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah you're not doing something for an unseen other you were seeing right. a human being and you're relating to that human being the human mm-hmm. being may have a gift for you or you may have a gift for them but like it's it's seeing and knowing each other in relationship and that's well one day i was i was down there and i told pastor chad when i was leaving i said i didn't do a dang thing all day <laughs> i didn't do dishes i didn't clean anything up i didn't empty the trash i did nothing and i just sat and talked to people and pastor chad said well that's the ministry of presence and that's important too so yeah Yeah. well it is the most important thing yeah in in seminary at emory uh one of the things we learned about was the charismatic presence of jesus it was jesus just showing up and hanging out and eating with people being present and and the joke then and now still was you know 80 or 90 percent of ministry is just showing up Mm -hmm. it really is present and available for people and and so when you think about 
how relationships are formed and people get to know each other. It's not necessarily the worship service or the Bible study where you get to know people. It's those liminal times and spaces between and around events that allow people to form relationships. Which is why meals are so important, right? Mm -hmm. Meals, meals are where those kinds of conversations take place. And that's, and I think that's why Jesus is often showing up and the guy's eating, right? Like what our, our ministry, the the central act of worship is the table. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, that's what it's about. And those are the spaces where the relationships are formed. That's where the community is built. And I think there's so many things around the things we're talking about now, how it relates to Advent and Christmas for people uh, gathering around a table, yeah, mm-hmm. being seen and known, yeah, uh, that sense of belonging. Yeah. Uh, all these are things that we experience around our tables, however large or small they might be, or how there might be someone missing from the table this year. All these things are part of our experience as humans. And Advent and Christmas for me really help focus in on that in some ways. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about, uh, for you all, again, we're talking about what makes Christmas Christmas in some ways. I'd love to hear uh, about you all and sort of uh, your work at Oak Grove and at, at Mercy Community Church. And what makes Christmas Christmas for you? Uh, so is there something, Pastor Chad, that is like quintessentially Christmas uh, for you and for your folks? Christmas at Mercy, um, yeah, it's a, one of the things when you're, when you're talking about not having shelter, not having housing, and you create a welcoming space, right, mm-hmm. with a table, all the things that we've been talking about, then then that begins to take upon itself the shape of home, yes. right? Um, and so creating that kind of family home, and, you know, sometimes our folks have said, man, we're a really dysfunctional family. <laughs> but uh, dysfunction aside, we're still family, right? Because all yep. of us are. All of us are, are broken. All of us are struggling. All of us have... Are, are things that we're working through. And so um, I think the main thing is, is continuing to create home around that season. When you get back to this idea of mission, and I'll put it in air quotes, uh, versus like the genuine sort of missional thrust of what it is to simply be human and to be Christian, a follower of Jesus, we see everybody at Christmas. Um, and I want to see you the rest of the year. I see you the rest of the year. And that's what makes it beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying don't do special things at Christmas. It's beautiful, right? We we do want to celebrate that feast of of the birth of Christ, but but Christmas is the day that should change every other day, right? Mm-hmm. So that it isn't it isn't, you know, the Christmas carol thing where we have to have ghosts of past, present, and future to remind <laughs> us that like, yeah. oh yeah, we That's should take important. care of each other. Human beings matter, you know. Sure. Um we matter each day of the year. So I think so I would say the sense of home. Uh, and family that's there 24-7, 365 days a week of being present to one another. I think that's one of the main things. And we do a lot of, I mean, you know, we do all this stuff. We 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 decorate our trees. We we do art. I think mean, one of the things mm-hmm. that a lot of folks yes. don't realize that we do in our communities, we do a lot of art. Because yeah. because living isn't just surviving, right? We need sure. the, the essentials to survive, and that's fundamental. But then it's about thriving. It's about the beauty of life. It's about the joy of life. It's about being able to be a creative participant in life. Our whole space, if it's depends on how you see it, but I, I would say you walk into our space, it's it's an assault upon the eyes of of so many beautiful things happening. Yeah. I think I think they're beautiful. Sure, sure. But there's just a lot of art that's just everywhere, and that's just part of who we are. And music. Uh, and Pastor music, Chad yeah. is a very talented musician and will Thank often you. play. And almost always there's someone who picks up a drum yeah. or or yeah. Sing some harmony, yeah. or 
uh, joins in. Yeah, and yeah. it's that's just wonderful. In rhythm or out of tune, it doesn't right. matter. Doesn't right, matter. Yeah, yeah. We had a gentleman who used to just sing real loud, Dave, and yeah, yeah. Um, didn't matter what notes he sang. It was so joyous it to was hear from him. The heart, right? yes. Yeah. It's that joyful noise, yeah. And so all these things we do together, where it's the eating together, it's the singing together, and it's, you know, we have Advent songs and Christmas songs, and we we, we do some pretty nice versions of all those. But, oh, you know, yeah. we do the we do the kids stuff, we do whatever. Like yeah. it's just about mm-hmm. celebrating. We do the twelve days of Christmas, and you know, it's the beauty of it is how bad we are at it. Right? Like <laughs> that's the that's the beauty is because you get a group of people together. It's like oh oh we forgot to say our part or what is our part or what day of Christmas are we like? It's mm-hmm. like all those things are part of our Christmas traditions that sure. are really important to us. Yeah. yeah. Virginia, are there things for you that make Christmas Christmas uh, either around here at Oak Grove or in your experience, uh, like on the on the Fridays going down with the mobile group? Well, one thing at Oak Grove that I love is singing Silent Night at the end of the Christmas Eve service with our candles. There is just something yeah. so feeling about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I asked my kids once, my grown kids, what was important for them on Christmas, and they said, oh, you always make cinnamon raisin bread. I had no idea that that was a big deal. Wow. We do lots of other things, but right. any small group here tends to do a, a party or a celebration of some kind where you really have a longer period of time to talk with people and, uh, and not just be rushed. Sure, sure. I think that's that's magical and meaningful. Yeah. And the, the things you don't even realize that make an impression. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. Now I really want some of your salmon raisin bread. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, what are some of the ways people can find some about Mercy Church and about also your music? As we mentioned, like there's a YouTube channel with some music on it of you doing some things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us some about that. Yeah. So uh, again, it's not exactly polished, but yeah, if you're if you're interested in our music, go to YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you can click yep. right over to our page, which I'm pretty sure is Mercy ATL. Oh, we'll put it in the show notes so you yeah. can find it there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We've kind of taken a, a bit of a break from social media, so we're sure. actually getting back on it. So by the time yeah. folks are watching this, they'll probably see a bit more content that's more recent. Yeah. Because we're trying to get back into it. Uh, we've really been kind of focusing just on the community and the day to day work. Yeah. Um, but those are good good places. We have an email you can sign up for where we try to. Mm-hmm share things that are happening in the community. But those resources are available online, whether it's our website or uh, things we'll be publishing as we go along. So, yeah, it's, as you said, uh, communication, it's about how we, it's not just the story, but it's how we tell the story. And so um, always trying to do our best to tell what we know is a beautiful story about our community. And so, yeah, if you guys want to check it out, please do. Absolutely. And and again, our church partners with a number of folks, and you're, you're one of those groups and agencies we work with, but also, it's such an opportunity for us at church and for our people. So thank you. It, it matters a lot. I remember when our families were making sandwiches, and um, someone asked me, well, do I have to really use that much meat? Can I just make it, you know? And and I told that story to Pastor Chad, and he goes, oh, is that how you'd make a sandwich for Jesus? Yeah. And it was really an interesting thought. I did not say that. But, things Pastor Chad said. But... But it's it is. I feel like when we're with these folks, we are with Jesus. We're that's yeah. exactly who we're who we're communicating with. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we're created in God's image. Right. You know, Dre 
in our community will always remind us, made in God's image, made in his yeah. image, you know, and that's because that's a theme of ours, you know, yeah. that, so that every human being we encounter is there's a sense of holiness, right? And Absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's and it's about seeing that. And as you were talking about earlier about seeing and knowing that we are loved, that we are beloved, that we are created in God's image and who we are is not who we are on our worst day, you know, whether it's an act of violence or it's, you know, some some frustration that that kind of takes over our uh, thinking. It's it's about who we know ourselves to be, and you only discover that in relationship. I remember one time you told me that the hardest thing to get across to folks is that God loves them, Absolutely. because they're often told, "Oh, you're a bum." You're yeah. you know, and and yeah. Pastor Chad has a song he wrote where the chorus says, "You are a child of God. You are beloved." And I remember one day he was singing that, and there was a gentleman standing off to the side crying, crying. Mm -hmm. And I think he was really kind of hearing for the first time that he was a child of God and he was beloved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we call, you know, as they all saying, you know, somebody calls me everything but a child of God. And I think and I think that's what we do. And, and we tend to, in our culture, we tend to blame the victim, you know, mm -hmm. if you're if you're in. Uh, if you're poor, it must be your fault, right. rather than looking at our system, you mm -hmm. know, and recognizing, wait a minute, this is the wealthiest nation, not only in the world, but like in the history of nations. Like, something's not right if we right. can't give the basic care to one another that mm -hmm. we deserve. Yeah. It's not sure. it's not um, doing something that's nice or, oh, look how yeah. wonderful I am. It's it's about justice. justice. It's about doing the right thing. If I've got food and you're hungry, I share it. If mm -hmm. if I've got space and you have nowhere to go, I share it. If I and got clothing and you don't have it, then I share it. And I see that generosity among the folks. In our community. Because exactly right. there will be times when we, we've given out all our food. Mm -hmm. And and someone will show up late and will say, oh, I'm sorry, we, we gave it all away. And someone else will say, well, here, you can have my cookies. and Because mm -hmm. um, I already had a sandwich. So yeah. and, and I that generosity, people who really have very little, will be the most generous yes. at times. Yes, because we all have something to give, mm -hmm. right? It goes back to that mutuality and recognizing that the gifts already reside within the community, and how yeah. can we, how can we honor that? And yeah. Well, this is my favorite Pastor Chad story, sure, but you don't have to yeah, put yeah. that in. There. Oh dear, this, this was yeah, this yeah. was years ago. <laughs> um, we were sitting on the street eating, and uh, there was a gentleman who was very agitated and very, very upset. And he decided... He wasn't happy with me. Yeah, he was he taking it out on Pastor Chad. I don't speak Spanish, but I do know what Diablo means. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was in Pastor Chad's face, yeah. calling him Diablo and being yeah. really mad. Actually took Pastor Chad's hat off and threw it. And after he had finished his rant um, and was walking away, Pastor Chad looks at him and says... Love you, man. See you Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to follow up on the end of your story that you were telling because it's a beautiful story. Is you know, not necessarily a beautiful moment, but the key there is there's a relationship. Right. Yes. So, like, the story can be told as an incident, and it was, but it's an incident in a longer Oh, yes, context, because right? he was there on Sunday, the following Sunday, exactly. and he was just as happy to see you. Exactly. It just depends. Yeah. yeah. So you have to respond to people seeing that image of God in them and knowing, like, that's, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I know what you're doing now is not 
indicative of your truest self. Yeah. Right. And so it's right. loving people through that. And I think that's, yeah, that's who we're called to be. That's right. Well, like you said, family uh, has all the things. Has all the things. Uh, and it's not always the bright, shiny. That's no. the Instagram realities are not real. Or not yet. Uh, it's a, so I think that's the part about real community. And Jesus, again, didn't get accused of being a glutton and, and a drunkard in Luke for no reason. He hung out with lots of people uh, who society and religion didn't always uh, value and see meaningfulness in. Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge part of our story as Christians, but also our call in mission and service and the ways we live out our faith in the world. That's a big part of our vision statement of connecting yeah. with each other, Absolutely. growing our faith and living out our faith in the world is all these mission partners we work with and groups and agencies that help us have the opportunity as members of the church and community to, to get involved to do some of the work and to help them do some of the work that God is doing in your communities. Right. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing. Um, so every time we do a coat drive here at Oak Grove, every time we do our spooky to be hungry food drive, um, all these things that we have happening throughout the year um, help support and help us stay tethered with you all. Again, in addition to the weekly uh, sandwich making on Thursdays. And, and, and I want to hear some more, Virginia, about how folks can get involved with some of the things that Oak Grove is doing with Mercy. So could you share a little bit about sort of Thursdays and Fridays, what that looks like and how they might get in contact with you or someone else about it? Anyone who wants to come and make sandwiches on Thursdays, show up in the back of Fellowship Hall at one o'clock. You don't have to make a reservation. You don't have to ask anybody. Just show up. Show up. Yeah. People who are there are friendly, and they will get you some gloves and some peanut butter and uh, teach you how to make sandwiches yeah. for us. And make sure you had the proper amount of meat on the sandwich. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The thing is, like, yeah. you want to eat the sandwich. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Then that's, that's going to be good. Yeah. We make them really, really well yes, now. Sure. Yes, sure. And, and, and then on Fridays, tell us some about sort of how that process might work or how people Fridays, can get connected. Um, Fridays are really fun. It's, I mean, considering we're, we're really much pretty much finished in two hours it's not a big deal but we get on we load everything onto the onto the bus and drive to several stops and just hand out hand out food chat visit yeah so what time at the church and around sort of the, roughly on on the, and how they get in contact with you about it on fridays um you can just come to the back of the church the back of the kitchen at at noon Okay. It is good to let us know um, if you're coming, so we'll wait for you. Uh, um, my yeah. contact information's in Shelby, and uh, please come and and participate. Have fun sometime. Yeah, yeah. And, the and, Soup yeah. Sisters love guests. Yeah, Soup Sisters is mostly women. There are some guys who come, and so uh, I I do want to give a shout out for that. If you're interested in that, uh, Pastor Amy and our missions team, you can email missions at ogmc.org. And that gets to our mission coordinators and teams that work with all of our different partners and agencies, but also our, our pastoral staff to make sure that works. And so anytime we're doing that coat drive, that sort of thing, uh, the Thursday lunch team, you can come be a part of that, as well as the Friday opportunities. Um, and again, you can always find anything on the church website about missions and service. Uh, you can go to ogmc.org slash missions, and you can find all the things we do on one page. So if you're someone looking for something meaningful to do in this holiday season, to use some of your time, whether you got time off or you just got time um, for you, for your family, intergenerationally, we have a whole host of ways people will get involved and in, uh, living out your faith in a way that connects you with some of the folks that Jesus is still hanging out with and wanting us to hang out with during this time and season. The last thing I'll say for our church is we have an Advent offering uh, that we collect. It's a special offering that people give to and helps support all of our missions and opportunities and partnerships. And helps fund a whole host of things, uh, including some of our work with Mercy and our sandwich making and all those things, too. 
Well, again, uh, thank you for being here, Pastor Chad and Virginia. Uh, so again, you can find you. all the mercyatl.org. Uh, to find the website for Mercy Community Church, as well as all their internet things. Uh, We'll have it all here in the show notes for us. Uh, Glad to work on staff with you, Virginia, and be in community with you here. And for Pastor Chad to be here uh, to, again, help us have some of the backstory of how our church and our community work together with folks across Atlanta uh, to help us understand more about how God is at work uh, in communities that we don't always uh, live in or associate with, but allows us that opportunity to see Christ and to be seen. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on today. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We'll plan to see you in the next episode next week. Uh, Thanks for being here, y'all. Peace. Our prayers are with Mercy Community Church and Pastor Chad as they have all experienced a tragic death in the community this week.